to truly get over it, you cannot be afraid to fail. Because as our next guest will say, if you're not screwing up, you're not showing up. Welcome back to the Get Over It Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Christopher Fasano. We are back in studio. I'm really excited to be with our guest live in person today. But before we get into our guest today, I just want to mention that the easiest way to receive new episodes of this show is to subscribe on your favorite pod player, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also watch these interviews on YouTube. If you really enjoyed the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So let's get into our show today. Our guest today is Christy Gustafson Barletti. I got it right. I had to get phonetical spelling here for me to make sure I pronounce it right. Christy is a, a content producer, like extraordinaire, radio, writing, video. We're going to talk about all the different outlets working for the Times Union for quite some time. Um, and so I want to talk to her today about a bunch of various different topics. So let's get into the interview today. Thank you for coming in and being our first guest back in studio for a while. Yes, thank you for having me. They asked if I would mind coming in person. I said I would love, love to, to be in person. person. Yes. I know, we were talking about before we started um, that there's just a different, there's a different energy when you're in person. And I think what's one of the things, I hope, at least for people during the pandemic, one of the lessons learned is that as much as you don't think you want to be around humans, I feel like we get into this thing where we're like, we just want to go home and retreat um, I, for me, it definitely reinforced the idea that like, I need to be around people. It's just a very different animal when you're talking to someone through a computer when you're in person. Well, don't you think it's a matter of the, you almost don't know what you have until it's gone, It's, right? it's exactly right. You think right. something is annoying or bothersome, and then you think, I even see people who miss the office, right? They've wanted to work from home. They uh, yes. were excited to work from home, and right. now they're like, get me back in it's that true. office. I mean, I, I sit at home, my wife's a school teacher, my kid's in school, and I'm home all day long, and it's quiet and there's no one there. And it gets very isolating. Through the winter, it gets very depressing. I think you forget, like you said, and I, I've said this before, like the pandemic enlisted a whole bunch of social experiments that we never wanted to initiate, but all of a sudden we did, right? What would happen if kids all learn from home? What would happen if people all work from home? What happened if we weren't allowed to go out in certain places? We did all of these things, and hopefully we generated data and we'll learn from some of these things. And I, and I hope... I've said on this podcast two things, that we recognize the importance of social interaction, and we also recognize the importance of health in all aspects of life. I hope those are some positives that come out of this crazy time. So anyway, let's let's start with yourself. So why don't you just, for those that don't know you, introduce yourself, what you do, and we can start there. Okay. Well, if you ask me what I do, it probably changes day to day. That's fun, though. But that means that it's is. fun. <laughs> that is what I, that is, that is the best part of my job, probably. But in general, I just produce a lot of content for the Times Union, and that's timesunion.com. That's the print edition. That's our social media channels. Um, so for those that are listening to this that are not where we are, in the Capital yes. District, the Times Union is the largest newspaper in the Capital Region. Okay, yes, and so in the capital of New York, which is Albany. Okay. Um, so I produce all sorts of content, specifically features type content. Okay. My tagline is "What is trending in your life and in mind?" Excuse me, and in mind. And in yours, okay. <laughs> yes, not mind. Um, do the two always match? Is what trending no, in mind? No. No. Okay. There are certainly times that things interest other people and don't interest me. Um, or there's things that interest me and don't necessarily interest everyone else. I try not to write too much about them because my job is Correct. to reach an audience, audience right? right? So if I only right. care about it, then right. that misses the point. Right. Um, but so I'll write about it. Then maybe we'll go do a video and try something new of something that's cool in the region. For example, we had the ice castles that came to Lake George, New York mm -hmm. uh, this winter. And we went and checked that out. And our videos did 
unbelievably well because people want to see, they want suggestions of things to do, but they want to see and hear what it's like before they spend their money or, or go do it themselves. Yep. Um, That's like people that read the menus online before they go. Do you do that? Oh, I, not only do I do that. My wife hates when I do that. So I do that because. Why? You're going to know. You're going to sit down and you're going to order. And I'm like, what's wrong with that? I don't know why I can't do that. I like a lot of food. I'm not a picky eater. Same. So I like to look because I'm like, well, is it a salmon night or is it a steak night? Do I want pasta or do I want to be a little healthier? You know, I like so much that it's not like, okay, well, I need a grilled chicken breast. So that's easy. No, and, and so if, you go, if you go out, so if you're out, um, you're married, you have a husband or yes. wife. Okay, so if you go out and can you order the same thing as your partner or no? Like, no, I, I no, can't. no, no. If my wife's like, I'm going to get the salmon, whatever, and I was what I was getting, i sorry, I need another minute. Same thing. I even, can't do it. I no. don't know what that is. <laughs> even if we're both getting burgers, they have to be different burgers. Very different. So that we can split each one and yeah, then I, I get more to try. It's just like I eat the same yeah. thing as you all the time when I'm home. We right. have the same dinner. When I go out, I need to have my own individualistic situation here. I agree. Oh, it That's has just to be the way different. it works. Okay, I'm not crazy. So, um, I sorry, this this is what happens. I asked you to introduce yourself and then I you mentioned something that I want no, to we're talking here I don't first. right. I don't want to forget to ask this question. You're talking about writing because you have an audience and you want to engage that audience. Yes. Do you find that growing your audience, that that audience has sort of become an audience that is like you and shares your beliefs. Do you know what I mean by that? Or do you find them to be a range? Because I think a lot of times now in this world of um, like AI and curated content mechanisms, audiences tend to get selected by their beliefs and you form this audience of like the same group and they all believe in the same things. And so as someone who's producing content, you want to produce diverse content, I'm assuming, and get a diverse audience. But do you find that your audience is a certain belief set and then you have to cater to that or no? Like, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, not necessarily. So I've been at the Times Union for more than 20 years. So a lot of my audience has grown up with me. Right? Okay. I was at the, I started, I was 21 years old when I started at the Times Union. Wow. So there are people who are my age or a little younger or a little older and who have truly grown up. Like they watched me start out by dating and now I'm married with children. You know, that that's not my only evolution in life, but right, obviously right. it's, it's one evolution in life. And some of them, I will say, there are people who have said to me, look, I didn't like you at all. And I followed you to just find out who that annoying person, Christy, is from the Times Union who I heard about. And then I have other people who say to me, you still annoy me every day, but, but I, I want to see but I right. want to see what you're going to say or right. write or do that will annoy me. And my thing, I've always said that my job is to be bourbon, not water. I'm not there because you need me. I'm there to elicit an opinion. So either you love me or you hate me. But I don't want to be water. I don't want to be that that bland Correct. in between. But so the neuroscientist in me comes back to that. We are emotional beings first. Mm -hmm. All animals are very primitive in that we are driven by emotion. We yeah. but the difference with humans is we're well, at least we're supposed to. We've evolved this way to then think about our emotions and then weigh whether or not that emotion is sound before we act on it. I argue <laughs> that we haven't really done a good job of that anymore. We're becoming more animal-like, again, where we purely act on raw emotion. Mm -hmm. But as someone who's producing content, this is a marketing agency, like you have to speak to emotion and to what people are feeling. Like, it, like it's the best way to truly engage somebody. Because like you said, if it's just water and it's a necessity, there's yeah, you need it, but it's not really gonna drive somebody. Exactly, and I think that's why I take that approach to thinking, so I have an opinion, right? But one thing that I think that 
readers frequently say to me, and when I say frequently, I hear this multiple times a month, is that I have a strong opinion, I stand behind that opinion, but I am open to hearing your opinion. And I think that is why I actually attracted more. But that's important. That's what I'm saying. I think that's why I attract a diverse audience because they know, okay, Christy takes a firm stance on X. My firm stance is the complete opposite, but that's okay because she'll listen to me. Correct. She's not going to come and attack me You're and not going to just be like, if, listen, this is my way and that's it. And delete your comment right, or hide right, it or right. say you're wrong. I'll listen to you and I might not agree with you, but that's okay. I want to hear the other side. I want to be exposed to the other side. I don't want a world of vanilla or a world of Correct. water where everybody thinks like I do or believes like I do because that's just not realistic. No. And it's not a way to function either. No, it's not. Plus, it's not It's not really that fun, no. to be honest with you, <laughs> no. like if you're going to be completely honest. like. Again, there's one thing to pick at things on purpose and to try to drive people and drive emotion and like fear and that kind of stuff. That's another thing. But there's another thing to live. That's another part of this world. Like everyone's – you're allowed to have opinions. You should have an opinion in my my opinion. If you don't have an opinion, then what do you have, right? You're just listening and you're not doing anything. I think like you said, there's a way to present it. And I also think there's that feeling no one wants that person that's going to express something and they're never willing to hear what you have to say. I feel like that's a major turnoff. It happens in businesses a lot of time where like you get in a room and if you don't feel like you're you're being listened to or your opinion matters, you're going to leave. Because why do I want to be here to offer what I'm going to say if you're never going to actually consider what I have to say to have any merit because you're so wired into what you think? Well, you know? I think it also knocks your self-confidence. If you feel like no one else is ever listening like, to you, right, yeah, you right. stop wanting right. to raise your hand. Right. You stop wanting to participate. And I don't want my readers to stop wanting to participate. Like, believe me, sometimes I wake up and I see that, you know, that nine plus on Facebook or the all you're the like, notifications oh, no. and I think, what is going what on now? Happened? But on the other hand, I, I do... If it's the weekend, I don't always read every comment, but I'll get to it eventually. You know, I might not get to it till Monday or Tuesday because sometimes comments come in at a rate of 100 an hour if it's a real controversial right. thing. Controversial thing, But I'll read it. I'll engage. I will not attack people or pick on them because, again, I think that you want your audience to feel comfortable coming back and know that they can speak. Right, like Even if place. they disagree with you. Safe well, place. you know, but even that they a can- A place where they can voice their- They can voice right. their opinion and that you, other the, the community may come after them, but that I'm not going to come after them, that I'm just going to say, okay, well, look, I don't see it that way, right, but Right, like I fine. gave you mine, now you're going to give me yours. Right. So, right. so let me, before we get into, because there's a lot in there that I want to talk to you about, but before we do that, you said, you know, you've been doing this for a while uh-huh. and you, there's been an evolution in this game mm-hmm. of content production, yeah. how you present content and the world of social media has, you know, in those 20 years has mm-hmm. obviously changed everything. I'm curious to see for someone that's been in it for this long, do you prefer this way? Like, do you, is there some times where you're like, wow, I wish I can go back to the older way and do it that way. Like, tell me a little bit about the evolution of this and what you found to be very interesting. All right. Well, I'll answer your first part. Do I ever want to go back? No, I don't. It's exhausting some days. And I swear, sometimes I feel like social media ages me because it's, it's it's exhausting. That's the only word I can use it is with everybody yelling and arguing because and it's sharing so and misrepresenting right, sometimes. Right, right. You know, misrepresenting right. to me, I think, is my biggest pet peeve. Um, but right, where, what is the evolution? For example, when I started at the Times Union, this number may be incorrect, but I want to say we had anywhere between 12 and 17 in the features department writers. Then there were editors, there were photographers, everything else. Now the department is, uh, I now work in the web department, but the features department is just a, a small group of people. Um, as media companies as a whole, right? This is not exclusive to the Times Union at right. all. This is media across, around the globe. Um, and we used to just write for print. And when you look back at that, you think, well, well, that was easy because I was only doing one thing. Now I'm looking at a story and not just saying, here, how do I 
present the words. I'm saying, how do I present the words? And then maybe how do I present the visuals that are not the photographer's visuals, right? Not the, they go out and right. they shoot the photo. What do I do with video? What is the tweet going to say? How am I going to create engagement online? Um, is there a podcast right. element Correct. to it? Is right. there a radio There's segment There's a lot element? of things to consider. There's so many, but I actually like that because I think that it, a, reaches a bigger audience, and B, it also reaches people who have different ways of consuming media. We don't all consume content, not just media. We don't all consume right. content in the same Correct. way. this is true. So I like to read, right? Obviously, this is my industry, and I enjoy reading, but somebody else may say, no, I would much rather watch it on video, listen to it on a podcast, see a reel on Instagram. And I think that variety is important because you are able to appeal to and capture a wider audience as a result. And what about feedback? Like back then, if you're putting something into print, like, you know, I imagine it's hard, it's harder to gauge what people are thinking about you and your work or feeling right. Like it's not like you're saying you don't wake up to, you know, hundreds of comments back and back then it was just you put something out and you heard about it. Like what, what was the feedback loop like back then? Well, it's funny you say that because I think that there was a little bit of like an naivete basically back then. Like you didn't, I'm sure people disliked me as much as they do now, but I didn't necessarily know it. So, you know, there'd be the 70 year old grandmother who would pen a letter and put nice. it in the nice. envelope and send it That's to me awesome. and tell it's me like I fan missed mail. it. And tell or me hate I, mail. No, the fan mail comes to the prisons and the prisons do write to us. The prisoners write really? to us. Yes, that's a that's a whole other thing. But the prisoners write to us. But it's the older people who will write and say, oh, you missed a comma. Now, I was 21 when I started that's the Times awesome. Union. I used to call my parents sobbing like, oh, my gosh, they think I shouldn't have a journalism degree. I missed a comma. And now I look back and think. I cried because a lady sent me an email, or excuse me, not even an email, a letter about a comma. People didn't really email as much. I mean, obviously email was around, but it was it was the letters. Those were the people who- That's great. Who, now they'll send me uh, you know, direct messages on all platforms that are just rude and sometimes really just raunchy and inappropriate, but I'm like, well, that's 2022 for you. But was that, so like that, that to me is one of the biggest things that I would see as, as something that you have to shift and adjust. In other words, that, that feedback loop, like you, 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 you adopt your content. You're still at heart, someone that's producing content and possibly you were thinking about that similar ways, obviously different now, but it's the constant coming back at you. Was that hard for you to get used to? Um, did you have a tough skin always? Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about that because in this world, in your game, you have to be able to be strong in your conviction and be good with, like you said, like people are gonna say things that don't, don't jive with you. You gotta be okay with that. So was that hard for you to get over? Like, how was that? Yes, it was very hard. I, I talk about this all the time when I give presentations that I was incredibly sensitive and emotional and soft. I know that's like a, a sensitive word, but I was. I cried about everything. I felt everything was personal. I felt if I screwed up and people were coming at me about that. Which is that. so not the characteristics that you would require to do what no, you do. No, no, and it's changed tremendously. And I actually remember very early in my career, Metroland wrote an incredibly unflattering full-page story about me, the way I did my work, the way I presented myself, Explain everything. what Metroland is for people so that don't Metroland know. So Metroland was an alternative weekly that was around for quite a long time yep. and it folded several years ago. But And their their job was to be edgy. And, yep. and as someone who's older and better understands media now, I get it. You but know at the time, right. it was devastating. I was crushed. I thought it was the worst thing that could possibly happen in my life. It seemed to me worse than if my dog died. It was just terrible. I stayed home from work for three days and stayed in my house until my friend and colleague Shannon came and got me and was like, you have to get out of this. Get over it, was it get about, back to work. Was it about something particular or just your style in general? It was my style. It okay. was. We used to do this video series called Night Cam. So they mocked my interviewing style. They mocked my appearance. They mocked wow. my 
like journalistic approach and it hurt my feelings. I was like, oh my gosh, they think I'm like a bad journalist and I'm ugly and I'm this. It was a whole series of things and it crushed me. But the funny thing is once I kind of stepped away from it, right? Or had probably, I mean, I want to say it took a few days, but it might've even been weeks, months, or years. Once I stepped back from it, I still have readers bring that up to me now. And this was a long time ago. I mean, this had been 15 years ago, maybe more. I have people bring it up and say to me, you know, I started following you because I saw that article in Metroland and I was like, who is this? They had no idea who I was, but they thought, well, I've got to check it out because the writer at Metroland thinks she's just Right. Worthless. Right. So who is it really? Right. And I have readers who say, you know what? I stuck around after that because it brought attention to who you were. So now I look at it as like that was a pivotal moment and actually a good thing. But at the time, I thought it was just like the low one of the low points of my career. I had many more low points after that. But at the time, I thought it was my low point. It's, it's funny. You know, when people do that, I feel like a lot of times it backfires and it actually works to give that person more attention, create a bigger following, and in the end, work out better for the person that they're trying to knock down, right? Because like you said, it creates an interest where there might not have been. People might not have known you or maybe thought about it in that way. And they're like, let me check that out. And then you then given a new opportunity to show who you really mm-hmm. are, right? So it's, and like you said, if you, you retreated, you <laughs> yes. eventually came back. <laughs> but imagine if you didn't. I know. Where would you be? What would have happened? Like, so like, do you, do you use that? Like, do you, do you come back to that event in your life now? Or are you, are you still like, you know, is that so like hardened you a bit? Like you use the word soft. Are you now, you now a harder shell? Is that part of how you evolve that way? I think that was my first experience of what I would call like true professional public humiliation, right? I think when you have those various public humiliations, which because of the nature of my job, it's a public job. I don't typically screw up privately, Right. That doesn't mean right. I don't screw, when you up. screw up. I people screw are up, seeing it. but it's public. Right. And then that makes it embarrassing. And none of us want to be embarrassed, right? And I get embarrassed less now than I did then, but I still have those moments. And I still have those times where I think, oh, it's Metroland. I can't even say 2.0 because it's happened so many times at 20.0. I don't know, <laughs> but it happens, right? And you start to realize it happens. But at the time, it's so hurtful and so upsetting that you think I'm never going to recover from this. I'm not going to get over it. But now I look at it and I sometimes think, okay, well, that wasn't as bad as when that particular reporter came after me from Metroland, so I'll get over this one too. Right, right. Tell me a little bit about now in the current, the, there's, you know, we talk about these lines, you know, I hear, I read about it a lot and I'm talking, like things I hear about, like comedians have this weird line nowadays, like, well, we just saw what happened on the, on the (laughs) Oscars, you know, you can't, it's very difficult you know, if you're going to approach a subject that could possibly be viewed in any possible way as controversial or negative, and that could be anything, I feel like nowadays, you 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 always can assume you can do two things. You could just avoid it, or you can say, you know what? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it. I have an opinion about it. A lot of people have opinions about it, like you said. So I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna give you my stance, and then I'm gonna let the conversations unfold. Is there a line there for you when you when you choose a topic? Because like you said, like there's a difference between doing something to just stir things up mm-hmm. on purpose. Uh, and and may, that could be an angle for engagement, but trust me, right? You know that. But like, or is it just that like, like you said, you're looking for topics that are of interest to people and controversial and things that could be considered controversial are the things that are interesting people the most. Is that really what happens? Just part of the game? It is, but there are certainly topics that I will avoid because I realize that they, instead of leading to helpful, engaging conversation, they lead to hurtful less engaging conversation. And I think to me, those are not the topics that I don't I want to explore. That doesn't mean I think that they are not worth exploring. It just means I am not out there to create a platform where people 
are looking to put somebody in the public down. Um, an example of this is uh, Leah Thomas, the swimmer mm-hmm. with the yes. with the, yep. the NCAA and yep. the college. And readers really wanted me to explore that topic. And I posted about it once on a Saturday about a week or two ago. And it did exactly what I thought. And I didn't want to post about it, but everybody's talking about it. And we go back to, I talk about what people are talking about. And I just did a Saturday morning post on social media. And I ended up saying, you know what, I'm shutting the comments off because there's no value in this conversation. It's just mean. And so there's certainly topics that I avoid because I know that people are going to be mean. And that's that's not that's not the the person or the content I want to produce. So that's the kind yep. of stuff I avoid, even though I know that there are topics that are out there and that are being discussed. Do you find that there are top in topics and things like this that people, no matter what, aren't gonna but like they have their thought, they're gonna go with it no matter what. And so like <laughs> So I guess the question to people is then what's the point, right? So if I'm on the outside, I'm like, what's the point? You're going to have people that are, you know, in that situation, you're going to have people that say that's wrong. You're going to have people that say, yes, I agree with what happens. You're rarely going to get one to come to the other side. So what, what is the, what is the purpose then of the dialogue there? Like I've, I've had this debate with somebody like, and then they'll say, well, then don't talk about anything. Then we'll never progress. We're just going to be a a country or a society that doesn't want to talk about anything because everybody's always going to be so It's like, I use examples like talking to my 94 year old grandma about politics. She's still alive. She's still going. She's still in politics. You think anything I say to that woman is going to make her think differently, but no way. She's so rooted. So when you talk about subject like that, what is the what is the goal there if it's never to get some, like you said, you're not trying to get people to come to your side. You just want to talk about a, a topic. No, but when you say that, I almost think of the term the silent majority. I think that the bulk of the people, obviously, that's the word majority or the silent majority. And so you hear from those extremists because yes, they're the loudest on correct. either side. That I agree with. But the silent majority might lean a little one way or a little the other way, and they might actually be enlightened or changed by the conversation. So I think you're not you're not going to change the extremists. You're just not. That's not who they are. They're not willing to change. And I say that for both sides. That's not a criticism of any one group of people. It's a criticism of the extremists as a whole. So, right, we're not trying to, but they're going to infiltrate because they have a right to join the conversation, but they're not the ones who the conversation is necessarily for. It is for the silent majority. I have people all the time who say to me, they read my comments, they read my content every single day, be it on timesunion.com, be it on my social platforms or the Times Union uh, media company's social platforms. They don't necessarily engage, but they consume. And I think that's who it's for and that's what it's for. Just because you're not hearing the voices Correct, doesn't right. mean those voices right. aren't there. I think I think that's exactly right. I think that the people that we we hear from on Twitter nowadays and these outlets are the are the very are the extremes. The radical. It's the right? radical. And because they're size. the ones that are driven a lot by anger. They have a lot of emotion mm-hmm. going on. And I, I I still want to believe and I do believe that there are people that live in that middle, whether they're left or right or the middle, but they're in that sort of you know, if you look at the bell curve there, we're yes. looking at the tails. We're not yes. in that meat of the curve. And there's a lot of people out there that are listening, that are like, wow, that's, you know, I've, tr- I've been trying to do this a lot more, especially in politics. I try to listen to now, I've never really did this. I listen to all sides of things because I'm trying to understand how everybody feels. And I can see that there is actually consensus if you just, if you kind of pull mm-hmm. through a lot of the noise, but the noise is really loud. It is loud. It's, it's super loud. It's loud. It's distracting. It can be upsetting. It can also be all consuming. So sometimes it's hard to pick through it. But I think that 
part of kind of existing in this space and especially working in the space, you have to But you to need the noise that. though, right? Yes, you do. I, that's the thing. Well, you that need goes the back noise. to the drama. It goes back to the pop people. When you mentioned Will Smith and the Oscars, people were upset that that was such a big story, right? Because there's obviously so much going on in our world right now that they feel, and even at the Oscars, that they felt deserve more attention. But the idea was, well, people love drama. That was the most dramatic moment, obviously, of the Oscars. So that's what people want to talk about. And it goes back to the never-ending popularity of reality TV, right? Reality TV have taken over sitcoms. People want drama. People want reality. People want noise. And that's noise. So my thing about the whole Oscar thing, now that we're on this, I look at it like this. We're talking about Twitter. I look at that event as sort of this microcosm of what what the heck's going on in our fringe and our in our world of in Twitter. People react. They're very angry. They lash out. And what, what I'm seeing is that I feel like I felt like this can manifest into physical, into real violence, into real acts of aggression that might start happening, that people start to take to that. And that to me was crazy. Like someone got up out of their seat, walked up onto a stage, smacked or assaulted another human being, walked back down, sat in the chair, verbally assaulted the person, and everyone went on like it was no problem. And could stay there and then got to go up on stage and say thank you for my award. And I'm saying to myself, like, where are we? Like, this is crazy. And so- Yes. Are there things going on in the world that are a lot more serious than Will Smith and Chris Rock? Yes. <laughs> but if you look at it on a level a bit deeper than that, this is serious because it sets weird precedents. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that that's not going to happen now all the time? People aren't going to try to get up out of their seats at events. They disagree with someone they're going to go hit. Like, like that's really why. And again, like to your point, like I think sometimes that's why things like that need to be spoken about because there are always bigger there's a bigger context mm-hmm. to that one little event that like seemed like a little crazy, but our world is becoming increasingly angry and can be very violent, well, scary. And I think it goes to when, when you don't like what any of us say, right? Many, many years right. ago, one of my colleagues was actually hurt, attacked, assaulted in a parking lot locally. And it was from somebody who didn't like what this, what my colleague had written about. And it goes back to, so is that now still going to be a thing? Okay. You don't like what I say, whether it's because I'm presenting somewhere and on stage, or you just don't like what I say. So it's okay to go up and hit somebody because Will Smith was essentially forgiven for doing just that and allowed to go on. I'm sure he'll make more movies and all that kind of stuff. So you're right. What does it say for society as a whole? When again, we go back to content production because Chris Rock was presenting content. That is what he was doing with a joke. And you don't like that content. So instead of talking to the person, telling them, sending an email, sending a ridiculous tweet, Instagram post, whatever, you go up and you make it physical. And right. so I do, you're right. It extends right. to a much extends to a bigger much problem. bigger Especially problem. Especially with comedy and comedians. I like I don't know how I could be a comedian nowadays. It's so difficult because your job is to push and push that line and walk yeah. over the line. If there's any profession where if there was a line, you're gonna cross it, it's that one. I agree with you. That's what they do. And like as an audience, you go into that setting knowing. I remember going to New York, I grew up up and like going to New York City comedy shows. And I knew that if I was sitting close enough, I was going to get it. Mm-hmm. They were going to look at me. They were going to make fun of me. They were going to be make me part of the show. And I was okay with that. But nowadays, like I would be very f- afraid to be up on that stage with an open setting like that. Yeah. And just because I don't know when, when people will, will snap or take it the wrong way. And like, you're in this, in this business where like speech and being able to speak and have free speech is your job is your is really what you do and i imagine it must bother you when you see some things like this right cuz like when when will it stop well it does right and i think that again we all have a right to to think as we think i think we have to 
think before we speak as well, but then we also have to think before we act or react. So we can't just all run around raging and saying and saying what we want and doing what we want. It's everything as an adult. That's what we're taught as an adult is to think before we get right. to speak and act. And I do think that a huge part of society hasn't. I mean, I've even had people write me really nasty messages publicly or privately and come back a day, a week, a month, even more time later and apologize. That doesn't happen often. Really, they don't typically apologize, but it happens occasionally, a few times a, a few times a year, and I think that they kind of have a moment to reflect, right? But I think that f so few of us reflect, and I'm sure I'm guilty of not reflecting sometimes too. But I, I think that we're being we're giving we're giving people more of an opportunity not to because there's not the consequences there. Because, like I said, Will Smith acted like a fool, and he's going to be allowed to just continue right, on doing and it. Get as more he does. Yeah, I know exactly. You know, people so, are like, you know, constantly refreshing their feeds now and like following them more to see what they're going to say exactly. about the event. I think you bring up a good point, and this is something that like I, I talked about a little bit, but like the human being has evolved to be this higher being because we have this brain that has this ability to be cognitively sound and use an analysis to weigh emotion. And I just feel like we're not doing that anymore. We don't really think before we act. And because we have these outlets now that allow for an immediate response, right? Mm -hmm. So like, I always say like, I don't know if there's an app for that. I imagine there might be. But like a five or 10 second delay on the Twitter button is necessary. You press it, it counts down. And you have 10 seconds to say, should I, should I do this? Eight, set, you know what? No, I'm not gonna do that. And I think like we, we are so quick to just lash out and put it all out there and start that frenzy that like, that's not how humans are supposed designed. Because mm -hmm. animals are supposed to pounce and attack. They're not supposed to think. I know. We're not supposed we're to humans. be that way. We're humans. Yeah. We're supposed to think and we're social beings and I'm supposed to be in it like you and we're supposed to progress together. Mm -hmm. But like we're getting away from that and I don't know if it's just because of all the digital stuff. It's like a whole nother debate for another day. But like it scares me for my kid, you know, who's only going to grow up in a world of this digital input and be fed things like, you know, and things like that. It's a little scary. Um, so like – I don't want to get into that too much, but because I, I do want to have a couple, I'm looking at the time and I want to have a bunch of things I want to ask you still. Okay, mediums, content mediums. You're doing <laughs> video, you're on radio, you do have yep. to rewrite. Do you have a favorite? And if you do, like, is there one, is there a reason why you like to do more video or be on radio or something like that other than others? So I feel like I'm not being loyal to print and, and the written word. When I say print, I mean you know, timesunion.com yeah, right, versus right. the actual written newspaper, down. which I think you should subscribe to, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, right, the written word. I feel like my loyalty should be there because that's what that's I've done. That's where right. That said, I think from a personality standpoint, I love personality. I love getting to know people's personalities. I love engaging their personalities. I don't only like to like their personality, but sometimes I want to dislike right, exactly. their personality. And for example, Instagram Reels, which I do with my colleague, Jessica Marshall, she and I, you get to know people and they get to know us through doing that. And those seem to be some of our more popular content. So I enjoy that for that reason, because I enjoy producing content that is helpful to people that they like, that they find engaging. So I think to produce Probably reels and video are my favorite to produce, but to kind of sit on and have to present would be the the final written word because I express myself best when I can write it down. You seem like someone that likes to engage like in this forum. So I would imagine like, you know, you might love to write and sit there, but I have to imagine you feel really great to get out and just be interactive with people yes. and talk in those mediums, right? Yes. So in the capital region, we had this thing called the Mac and Cheese Bowl this past weekend, which benefited our local food bank. And so many readers came up to me and, and listeners and viewers. And I, it felt good because it's been so long. It's been a while. 
but it's been nice. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, don't apologize. Because if you weren't, if you weren't engaging with me here, that would mean you weren't engaging with me when I'm not here. And then I don't have a job. So, right. <laughs> so let's engage, right. you know, and I do, I think there's a huge value to that. Do you ever get nervous? Like you mentioned, like a friend was assaulted. I didn't ask you that question. Do you ever get nervous? Like, cause you do sometimes talk about things that people might really, really not like. Do you ever get nervous? Like someone might approach you or does that ever go through your mind or no? I mean, it probably should now that you bring it up, but no, Sorry. I mean, I do. I do. I just created <laughs> anxiety for you. I didn't mean to no, do that. So one thing I do is you will, I can't say never, but you will rarely, rarely, rarely see me say where I'm going to be. Rarely. I will say I'm here or I went, right. but I won't say later Tonight today. Tonight I'll be here. I rarely right. do that because of the safety situation right. where, because unless you're real determined, you're not going to say, oh, she just posted to Instagram that she's right there. I'm going to get in my car and go down and punch her. Have you Versus, ever been in public where someone has come up to you and been like, by the way, what you're doing is terrible. I, do you ever Have you ever had that, like a oh public oh, confrontation? Yes. I wouldn't call it a confrontation because of course people, right, they have their, their muscles online right, exactly. or their muscles They're, behind right, the computer. Right, right. But I've certainly had people come up and tell me they don't like me. Um, but it's, again, it's part of my job because here's my thinking. The only reason you know you don't like me is because you've consumed me. me. Yeah, exactly. If you haven't consumed me, you don't right, know that you exactly. don't like me. And I'm not always likable. So that's right. fine. No one is liked by everyone. Right. And I don't expect you to always like me. So as long as you keep, or I'll say, okay, what is it that you don't like that I do? What would you like to see more of? Is there a do you, topic do you do or a conversation? I've written that. I've and do said they have that anything to say to that? No. That's, that's what I, this, no, I because they say. don't know. But correct. But think about it. It's just a human, feeling that aren't they there feel. Pe there's people you don't like and you don't know why. I was just talking to my friend about this the other day, about this other person we both know we don't particularly care for. And they're like, there's no reason. This person's a good person. They're a good parent. They're a good community member, but both of us don't care for this person and we don't know why. Right? So there's just sometimes you don't like somebody But that might say something no good more reason. about you than them. I yes, always, exactly. Right? It's like something so about your personality so that so just, just doesn't like, jive with exactly, them. Exactly. But that's okay though, right? Yes. And I feel like, you know, I'm like that too. There's certain people that like, in this, in your game and content production, there's a lot of people out there doing blogs and doing these things. And I just don't like their style. Right. I don't like their approach. Sometimes they have an affect that I think is a little, little their shtick is too strong. It's not for me. Right. So I don't like it. So I don't watch it. Right. But it, there's a lot of people I, who I like don't, them and but there's I don't, people who They working. have a very big following, mm -hmm. which a lot of people like them. Yeah. And that's great. But I don't ever, I would never go up to that person <laughs> and be like, by the way, I think you're terrible. Because like, you know what? Like, that's not really true. They're not terrible. They're just not for me. It's like food. It's like right. food. Yeah. <laughs> I hate ketchup. I hate it. I have like a phobia of ketchup. It's probably like, I should probably do like some serious psychotherapy on it, but I don't like it. People love ketchup, but like, you don't have to hate me for that. Right. Like, no. it's just my, it's just my choice. I don't like it. It's just choices. Like, you know, I think that's the thing we, we get really whatever about certain things like this. We do. But I think it also comes back to the fact, like I said, I, d I definitely present an open forum in the sense that I want to hear opinions from both sides. So I think that also makes people more comfortable to come up to me because they feel like, well, she says that she's cool with right. both sides right. or, or, right. or, you know, hearing an opinion. So I'm going to go give it to her. So you do this piece, you do this 20 things you don't know about yes. people. So I'm going to ask you, like, are there certain things that people don't know about you or do you, have you laid them all out on the table? So if you have like five things that people don't know about, what are, what are some of the things about you that people might not know about? Oh my goodness. Okay. I wish I had better prepared for this. So I have done a 20 things you don't know about me. Oh, you have? Yes, I have done it. It was one of the earlier ones, but I will say the one, so I'll tell you a few of the things that okay. people most zoned in on when I wrote about it. One is I don't have many fears, but my biggest fear is elevators. And I will walk 20 flights of stairs or more really? if it means avoiding an wow. elevator. We could do a whole but show on this. I have young children and I don't want to 
pass Make that them thing on walk to them. To, so what do no, you do? No, and I have to sometimes, I mean, I feel like I'm going to have an anxiety attack, but I have to get in the elevator or I'll send my husband with my kids and I take the stairs and I just say I want the exercise. Do you know exercise. why that is? No, I Are you claustrophobic in other ways? Nope. Nothing. A plane doesn't bother me. A small bathroom with no whatever. No, I'm not. I don't know what it is. I think I'm afraid of the elevator getting stuck. Not falling down or anything. I just, the idea. Just being in that box. Like, it makes my heart race quick hours. just to say that to you. It's like, I got to go now. Go I'll down. be like, oh my gosh, what if I need a drink? What if I have to go to the bathroom? What if my phone dies? There's so many what ifs. And, but I'm not afraid of other things, anything, not anything. Obviously, I'm afraid of some things, but I don't like have a, a litany fear. of fears. But my biggest fear is an elevator. Elevators. Okay. Um, so that's the big one. And I guess another one that people really jumped on because they liked it. And I don't think this is a not no, but I don't like breakfast food. So I will eat hamburgers, turkey clubs, leftover pasta. Really? Regular food for breakfast. I don't like eggs or French toast or pancakes. Or Never? Anything. Like always? I mean, no. No, I mean like, like, like since you've been young, did you used to have that? As a, no, as... I, I never liked cereal even when I was a kid, but I just like real what I call real food. And to me, breakfast food is not as real. So I will eat it, right, if I'm someone's serving Right, but it's it like if I'm going like, to eat a certain number of calories a day, yes, I'm going to eat the calories that I enjoy. If I'm going to walk to a diner in the morning, I am going to embrace the fact that that diner will serve me a yeah, exactly. turkey club Man, at 7 in the morning. I, do you have a favorite diner around here? Like, I mean, I don't uh, – like I live over in, in Bethlehem. There's nothing over there. And I'm like saying to my wife, like, we need a good diner. Where we grew up, there were diners everywhere. I like 76 Diner. 76 Diner. Yeah, and probably Alexis Diner. Yeah, Alexis Diner. Those good. are the Alexis two. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very, very good. I like a, who doesn't love a good diner? Especially get that mug. I get, do you drink coffee? I don't. Oh, that's another thing. Oh, I don't man. drink coffee or caffeine, I, and I'm a morning okay. person, but that's not a not no. People definitely, definitely know that. So, about like, me. I have a thing with people that don't drink coffee. So, uh -oh. if I was sitting here with a cup of coffee mm -hmm. and we were out, you wouldn't order. So if it was like, you know, we, oh, I said, on. Chrissy, come meet me at the diner room for breakfast. We go, we sit. You having a cheeseburger at 930 in the morning. <laughs> I have a cup of coffee and some eggs. Do you drink tea? No, I do. I drink water. No hot liquids. It's not a hot liquid thing. It's just you talk about eating calories or whatever. If I'm going to. So you're going to have like a chocolate not, shake or no, something? No, like I'm going to drink water and eat my burger so that, you know, they kind of off. I guess it's like getting a, what, a Diet Coke with a big, uh, What's it called? The supersized meal or whatever? Oh, man. No, I'll drink That's water. Really I don't. And my husband's a huge coffee drinker. Yeah, it's like, I like, same. There was actually a really amazing skit between Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David where they go out to a diner and Larry doesn't drink coffee. And Jerry's a coffee freak. And Larry was saying that's one of the reasons why I think his wife left him because he <laughs> wanted to drink tea and he she would drink coffee and she would get in these arguments with him and he'd say, look, I'm holding a mug. It's steam is coming out of it. And I'm sipping it just like you. But the fact that there's no coffee in here, it right. really bothers people That's that crazy. they don't like coffee. I know. But you're but one I, of those crazy people. I'm one of these crazy so people. So maybe I would sip hot water. I don't know. I just don't really like the taste of I, I don't yeah, I don't I, like I, taste of coffee at all. I mean I don't no, drink coffee, I mean, period. Yeah, but. I mean I the, the Italian in me, you know, I've been forced coffee forever. My my mm -hmm. son was like, he's like, what's this? so I gave he's nine. I gave him a sip of coffee the other day. And he was just like, this is disgusting. Why do you drink this? I'm and I'm like, don't worry, kid. At some point in time, because coffee's become trendy amongst young kids. Oh, it's kids, super trendy. Right? But they get like, right. you know, the cream and the whipped cream. And there's like yeah. these things. I remember Dunkin' Donuts back in the day. The coffee culottas were like the <gasps> jam. I loved the fruit culottas. Yeah, See, I'll do the fruit culottas. Yeah, because it's not, it's not really. Yeah, it's, got, the all dome that, it's got all that and, other stuff. Yeah. Now, you golf. Do you like golf? I do golf. I, yes. I saw that about you. Like yes, to golf. I always, Are you a good golfer or do you so describe a good golfer? Yeah. No, my handicap is not that great. I would say it can border on 30. But I'm awesome in a tournament because I'm tall, right? I'm very tall and I have very, very long arms. Very tall. I'm very tall. I'm six feet tall and I have very long arms. So my go-go gadget arms are killer off the tee. 
So, so you, know, you the, do like best ball. You can hit a good best ball. Best ball, off I'm the great tee. because the women's tees are are further ahead than the men's tees. So you knock that ball out, and then and, you use other right. people's shots as the, the short and game shots. My second shot, my approach is okay, but it's when you get closer. My chip shots. I know for people who don't understand golf, this is boring. But my chip shots are not good. My putts are really quite horrible because I'm not patient. But my other shots are great, and that's why I get invited to be in tournaments because <laughs> Christy along. Yeah, because I'm good for those two reasons, and they're like, yeah, she can just stay in the cart for the oh for the God. last two shots. I am not a golfer. I. I overthink everything too much to be a golfer. First okay. of all, I find it very difficult to go out for that period of time and just do that. I can't give into it. That's my own problem. Like I probably should be able to take three or four hours of my day and just chill and relax and have a nice time outside. I can't do it. And then also I'm in this like George Carlin camp where I'm like, we're hitting this ball so far. <laughs> then you have to find it. You do. Then when you find it, you hit, you hit it again. again. I know. And then you got to follow it and get it out there. And like by, by I would say like four or five holes in, I'm good. Like if golf was compressed down, I'd be okay with it, I think. And that's it's one just, of the reasons the, that's one of the reasons the sports is suffer the sport is suffering is because people don't have the patience for it. But you know, I got into golf because the first job I interviewed for before I went to the Times Union was with the Red Cross. And it was a sort of a, a community relations position. And one of the things they asked me was, do you golf? And that was a key component of the job. And I did not golf. And they didn't call me up and say, you didn't get the job because you don't golf. But I had to admit I didn't golf because if anyone who's ever golfed, you can't just go out and do that on the first time and know what you're doing. I would swing it. Right. right. <laughs> so shortly after that, I learned to golf because I thought, OK, well, if I needed it for that job, I'm sure it's important in other jobs. So maybe I'll do it. And I has. It's given me work opportunities. It's allowed me to meet people, especially being a woman golfer, because there aren't many of them. Right. Um, so that was really what made me learn to golf was because I didn't get a because job. Need... <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm serious. Well, when I, I went to uh, University of Miami in Coral Gables, and they had an elective that was golf for the business world. No way. Yes, they did. They don't have it anymore. When I was there, they had it. This was like they had scuba diving and they had all these. I took scuba. Uh, I get credits for scuba. Um, and golf for the business world was basically how to, it's like planning a golf outing, mm -hmm. golf etiquette as it relates to business because like, you know, like it's a lot of business have business outings yes. and it's golf yes. and there's etiquette there. And like, I always, my friends were taking, I'm like, this is ridiculous. But then looking back on it, I guess I understand the premise because in, especially in the world of finance and like, like golf is a thing. Oh my gosh. Golf is where you, deals are closed and met and you bring people out. It's like a lead generating activity. And, um, you know, I, mean, I thought now looking back, like they were a little bit ahead of their time there with yeah. that. They got rid of that. I wonder why. I mean, but um, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, my brother too, Mike is a, um, he's a golf content producer. Okay. So he has his own um, company and it's golf content. And all he does now is he goes out, he plays, he films it and he puts it out there because golf, there's, you know, there's a mass following in golf. Yeah, and like I, I, said, I can't watch it. It's just not for me. Yeah, it's too it's slow for me, to watch. I agree. but um, I, I understand all the benefits of that. Um, we're getting low, low on time. Okay, so sure. last thing I want to ask you is for, for people out there, yep. content producers, uh -huh. young content producers, even older content producers, and they're like, they're trying to figure out that balance. Like, uh -huh. like, what do I do? What is your advice to them in their career? Do you do you do stick to your convictions, do what you do? Or like, is there anything that you've learned that if you had to, like if you get in an elevator with somebody, yeah. if you were able <laughs> to, stuck. and you were stuck and you had all this time to give them advice, what are some things that you would offer to them? Um, so it's hard because I would say a lot of days, I'm not even sure I have it figured out, right? Just when I think I have it figured out, I screw but that's up a good and piece then of I back up. Um, so I think it's really about not being afraid. I said to my husband recently, if I'm not screwing up, it means I'm just showing up. 
And I think you need to do more than just show up, even though the showing up is half the battle or whatever that cliche is. Yeah, you're only halfway there. So you need to take risks. You need to try. You have to be okay with the fact that you screw up. You have to own it. And then if you screw up, apologize for it, but don't make an excuse. Say, look, I tried it. It didn't work. I'm sorry. I'll try it a different way in the future. Or I've learned from it and I won't screw up again. If you screw up in the same way twice, right. then that's on right. you. Right. But as many screw ups as I've had, I would say I've never had a duplicate screw up. And I think that's what's that's made the it most okay. Thing, right. Because they're they're out there and there's plenty out there and some of them have been written about publicly and nationally, but they didn't happen again. And I think that's what it comes down to. You learn from it and you're not afraid to do it. And then you're not afraid to A apologize or B admit you were wrong or C own it. And Correct. Say, I'm yep. gonna go on. I, I I recently did so I have another show that I do on mental health and one of the things I talked about was being defensive and <sighs> which is like a topic in in, 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 in in yeah, it destroys communication. And one of the things that I talked about was in order to be less defensive, you have to adapt a true growth mindset. You have to acknowledge that you are never static where you are. Mm-hmm. And because if you if you are, and you think that this is all you are, then of course, anytime someone says something to you that might be a critique or something to offer, you're going to lash out because yep. why would I ever need to get anywhere else? But if you're under the, the, the mindset that I'm always growing, mm-hmm. I'm always looking to get better, then you could be a little less defensive, but we have adopt, we, we, we've adopted this very rigid, this is who I am, this is all I need, and don't tell me what to be. Being defensive nowadays is everywhere. And I think I'm, it's so bad. And I will say that's actually something that people will say to me often. They're like, you don't really get defensive. And that doesn't mean I'm not getting defensive behind the scenes, like in my head. But right. I realize outward, with publicly, that doesn't help. It doesn't make people respect you. It doesn't make people trust you. Right. And it doesn't make people want to come back for you. Correct. It makes so, it worse almost. Right. Be on the now, offense if you need to, but don't be on the defense. Right. Because then it's just like, whoa. Like, you yes. know what I mean? Like, it, it, I think- You seem like a wall. Correct. Because You're def- a wall that nobody correct. can penetrate. Nobody wants to come near. Defensiveness is only a manifestation of something deeper, like mm-hmm. psychological. There's nothing else there to it. Like it just right. tells me that you're not able to handle any you're of insecure. that. Right, you're something. Mm-hmm. And so that says a lot more to me about that. You. Rather, you say what you say, I'm okay with that. But when I say something back, your reaction tells me more about what you, than that than what you just said. You, you know are, what I mean? I think so you I think that like, perfectly. So that's the way it is. So tell everybody where um, they can follow you and okay. how they can access your content, yeah. things like that. So timesunion.com is my main platform slash Christy, which is K-R-I-S-T-I, but you can easily find me timesunion.com or if you just Google timesunion and Christy, again, K-R-I-S-T-I, everything comes up. My okay. personal webpage on the Times And your Union, social channels are all there. All my social channels and then my personal website, which I haven't updated in forever, but it does exist. <laughs> do, do, you have a more, do you have a social channel that you like better to do or no? You said reels you have fun with. So I, I love reels. I think I love... I love stalking Instagram. I love participating on Facebook. Okay. Same. So, yeah, digesting and stalking Instagram. That's funny. Love seeing what people are posting and doing. Do you so, TikTok? Are you a TikToker? I love to look, but I haven't. You're not like not a, really, you're not, I'm not you're not a poster dancing. out there dancing, no. but you watch the craziness. I watch. You don't want to see me dance? Yeah. <laughs> that would get me I a lot of unfollows. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. He's telling my wife, like, as my kid gets older, we're going to have to get on these platforms just to be on the platforms. So, you know, yeah, like, I have, like, a Snapchat. I, I never use it, but I have it, and I right. like to see what's going on there. Yeah, I create the ca- accounts so that I can have them and look around, but that doesn't mean I I just I can't participate on all of them. I would be working 426 hours a week. Correct. So I've got to pick and choose and see where the audience is the most and focus on those so that I can do those as well as I possibly can versus doing each one 
Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Well, I want to thank Christy Gust- Gustafson Barletti. I got it yes. um, for coming. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having um, me, Chris. All of your links we're going to put in our show notes. So if people forgot that and they're looking on this on the site, you can get it there. Also, want to uh, thank Adam Claremont, who's over to my left, who t- takes care of all of this stuff. He makes this run. Uh, for any information about that, you can reach out to overtstudios.com and talk to Adam there. Thanks to the audience for listening and tuning in. I love being back in uh, the the Get Over Podcast studio to be in person with you. But once again, thank you so much for doing this. Yes, and thank you again for having me. No problem.